ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Awakening from the dream state, finding balance between being and doing. In this episode, Eckhart talks about the importance of finding balance between being and doing. He explains, so many of us get lost in the doing because we're so focused on external achievements, getting ahead, chasing after what we think constitutes the perfect life. Eckhart adds that when we get lost in doing, we're also propelled by thinking. He teaches us that thinking is not voluntary. Instead, he says thinking is something that actually happens to us, and the movement of thought quickly takes on a life of its own. Eckhart says the unfortunate result is that we're rendered semi-conscious and living a half-life, as if in a dream. Eckhart reveals there is a deeper part of us beyond the dream, and also an alert, brilliant state of consciousness just waiting to be realized. Miraculously, he says that the consciousness that is you is the same consciousness that underlies the entire universe. Wow. So the vital thing is to find the balance in your life between being and doing. Here we focus on being because most humans are suffering from a dreadful affliction which we may call forgetfulness of being. And because there's forgetfulness of being, they are lost in doing. They lose themselves in their doing. Or if they are not doing anything, Maybe they're hanging around at street corners. Then they are lost in semi-consciousness. They have moving below thinking. Or they're trapped in very dysfunctional mind patterns. And even the thinking we could even categorize as that's also a kind of doing. Doing is not just activities that you're engaged in in daily life but underlying this external doing there's the doing of thinking the thinking is happening and that belongs to the realm of doing although in most cases it's not you who does the thinking you are not doing it. It is a doing, but really thinking is something that 
happens to most people. It's not something they do voluntarily as a choice. So you thinking happens to you, one could say. So I sometimes say you don't think. You are being thought. You're being created by the involuntary and compulsive movement of thought that is conditioned by the past. And this involuntary compulsive movement creates a mind-made kind of entity, a sense of self, and this entity is the ego, and for most people that's who they perceive themselves to be. And so the, you live with this entity. There's a good analogy one could use, that is that um, you as the deeper consciousness are asleep and you're dreaming the dream of your life. <laughs> Occasionally you might wake up briefly <laughs> and then you fall back into the dream state which is the whatever drama is happening in your life, whatever situations are happening in your life. So there's a personality or person that's a dreamlike entity. From the point of view of the awakened consciousness, you can clearly see that when you retrospectively, perhaps, as you awaken, you look back on your life and you can see how many unconscious things happened that you were involved in, that you participate in and so on. There was a, a whole drama unfolding, sometimes not so bad and at other times really dreadful and a kind of nightmare in some cases. And if you go back in all traditions, whether you go to Western philosophy or Eastern spiritual traditions, there's often the comparison of unawakened existence with a dream state. Many Western philosophers also have questioned it, and this is life a dream? Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. 
famous play by Spanish playwright Calderon de la Barca is La Vida is when your life is a dream. It's an ancient play. So the extent to which you are still identified with you as a person, you may still be trapped in the dream. It is possible that as you sit here, or wherever you sit, or stand, or lie, the awakened being is emerging, has emerged, partially or maybe f fully. And so there's a, you might be a hybrid between the, the dreamt entity and the one who is doing the dream, which is the consciousness. You've probably heard of lucid dreaming, which means this is actual dreaming when you're asleep and you dream. It can sometimes happen you're in the middle of the dream, you suddenly realize that you're dreaming. It's a very interesting point. Oh, it's all a dream. And then you might think, okay, I could do anything now. Let's, what can I create in this dream? In most cases, this doesn't last very long because the state of wakefulness in conventional terms is not really compatible with dreams. So it's very brief. If you become aware in the dream, it's most likely that very quickly you'll wake up out of the dream, then it's gone. And then you wake up into normal wakefulness, which is another, spiritually speaking, another kind of dream. <laughs> now let's assume that this Right now, this room here, a man speaking, you sitting there with your history, with your person conditioned, created by your history. And we could perhaps assume, could this be a dream? Could you be dreaming this? Where you, in the middle of the dream, you're dreaming of a man who says, you may be dreaming. And let's assume for a moment that that is the case, that you're actually dreaming this very place, situation, everything is, is your part of your dream. We don't know, it could be the case. It depends how you look at it. From certain perspective, it is. From another perspective, it's not. Let's assume that it is for a moment. But even if it is a dream, there must be something that is more real than the dream, without which the dream could not be taking place, could not be. And this prerequisite is, of course, there must be a consciousness in which the dream happens. So it becomes of secondary importance whether you're dreaming this moment or not. Even if you are dreaming this moment, there must be an essence within that dream that is real. And that essence is the light of consciousness in which the dream images appear. And that light of consciousness 
is creating the dream, but the moment you realize that light of consciousness within you, that's the same thing as awakening within the conventional dream, the normal kind of dream that I just talked about, right here now, it, let's assume this is a dream, a dream-like thing. In many ways it is, because dreams evaporate very quickly. They, they come, and then something else happens. After this retreat, you might wake up the morning after and say, did I just dream of this retreat? Or did it actually happen? So let's assume it is, and suddenly, you have become aware of something within this dream, if that's what it is, of something beyond, that something that transcends the dream, is not separate from it, but without which the dream could not exist, and that is the sense of beingness or presence of I am, of consciousness, the realization that you are conscious, or rather, the language is very deceptive, Mistakes can easily creep in the moment you verbalize something. When I say you are conscious, <laughs> it's not quite right. You are consciousness. The essence of who you are is consciousness. If I say you are conscious and there's two of you, the you and the, and the consciousness. <laughs> so in the dream, if you suddenly realize that which is beyond the dream, by becoming aware, not becoming aware of something that arises, because everything that arises would be part of the dream, not becoming aware of any new f a form that arises as, in, as a thought or a sensory perception or an emotion, but becoming aware of awareness, which is not something. You can't say, there it is, I got the awareness, there it is. Oh no, it's over there. I just had it, but it's gone now. <laughs> so, awareness or consciousness cannot become an object of consciousness. Everything else is an object that arises in consciousness. But if, if you attempt to make consciousness into an object, then you're lost again. You cannot make consciousness into an object because consciousness is the very thing. If you're looking for Let's say you're looking for yourself beyond the person. Where's the real, the real me? Where's the real, I want the being behind the person that I'm looking for it. If you're looking for it, waiting for an experience in which this thing happens, that would be very misleading because you would be waiting for some experience. Fireworks, spiritual fireworks. The ultimate vision, as you see in some ancient paintings of Christian mystics, and they go. <laughs> and you can't have that for that long. I mean, the vision is there. How long is it going to last? <laughs> so if you're looking for yourself, in the realm of experience or in the realm of manifestation, phenomena, object of consciousness, you can't find it there because 
the very thing or no thing that's looking for yourself is you. It's like a flashlight. You use a flashlight to find the flashlight. <laughs> I'm looking for the flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and this would also apply to God. You have to be careful when you use that word. If you're looking for God, can you find God as an object in consciousness, an object that arises in consciousness? If God is an object that arises in consciousness, God must have a location in space or time somewhere. It must be, if it's an object, it must arise somewhere at some point. There it is. He is, she is, whatever. But could it be that you are an emanation, an extension of what is conventionally called God? A bit like a ray of sunlight is an emanation that originates in, in this unbelievable thing in the sense-perceived world that we call the sun. There's a ray of sunlight that can reach down here. It's not the sun, it's connected to the sun, it's part of the sun, yes, but it's not the sun. How do you describe it? That's an analogy here. Could it be that you, the consciousness that you are, is an emanation from a transcendent source into this dimension. And if that's the case, then you can become aware, as you become aware of yourself as the awareness, you become aware of your deeper connectedness. It extends into infinity, one could almost say. There's a depth to who you are that extends to the very source. And you can sense your connectedness to a vast power that transcends who you are as a person infinitely, and yet is not really separate from you, transcends who you are, but is not separate from who you are. And there is an evolution of consciousness in this dimension of space and time. What is evolving is the, can observe that the universe that we seem to inhabit is gradually exhibiting increasingly complex manifestations of consciousness. Even on this planet, you can see there is an evolution. It started with very simple life forms. And before that, there was just minerals or fire. There was a gradual evolution. More consciousness was coming in to this dimension and more consciousness is coming in still. Humans are not finished, it's, humans are not a finished product yet. Because if human evolution had already come to an end, 
That would be bad news. <laughs> then you could say there's something wrong with the universe. <clears throat> the universe is here to grow in consciousness. Why the whole thing nobody knows. You couldn't possibly understand conceptually, but you can only you can sense that this is the case, especially by looking within yourself. Many the most important answers concerning the universe you can find if you look deeply within yourself because you are a microcosm of the macrocosm. So in this dream of this room, you become aware suddenly that you're dreaming. Or it, you become aware that it might be a dream. That it might all be insubstantial, which I kind of, it is. It's all insubstantial. There's nothing that lasts very long. All the bodies here, within a few years, and by, an, by a few I mean, let's give it, there may be some very young people here, but on, let's be generous and say um, 80 years. Let's be even more generous and say 90 years. Within 90 years at the most, definitely less in the case of the, the man sitting on this chair. <laughs> Within that, all the seemingly so real and solid bodies and personalities attached to the bodies, or the bodies attached to the personalities, whatever, will have popped like soap bubbles and dissolved. And this is called, in Buddhist terms, impermanence. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you, if you could? Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu important term used by the Buddha. Everything is subject to impermanence. It's fleeting, very much like a dream. So these seemingly solid bodies and seemingly solid personalities, and everything seems so solid and important, and suddenly the thing pops. All the things that were so important. So if we could see a speed it up version of on camera, if we could speed up the, the movement of time and put 90 years into two minutes and these bodies, you would see 
One body after another would pop out of existence. And this one gone. Yeah. And then after two minutes, which is com 90 years compressed, there's nobody left. Nobody. <laughs> Where are they all? Where have they gone? So in that sense, everything is insubstantial in this physical universe, the physical part of it. And so you become aware within this dream of yourself, not as the participant in the dream, but as the awareness in which the dream happens. That means it's a very significant thing of great importance that transcends who you are as a person. When you become aware of that suddenly, you are not separate from the universe. The consciousness of you is the consciousness that underlies the entire universe. And that suddenly becomes self-aware in you, through you. Suddenly, at this point, the universe obtains self-awareness. That's an amazing, amazing thing. It's nothing to do anymore with you as a person. The person was helpful. The person was the, one could say, the, if you have a seed, the person was the seed, and then suddenly the seed sprouts. Or another analogy, the person was the caterpillar, and the caterpillar was attached to its existence as caterpillar for a long time until it got more and more painful. It became more painful because the caterpillar was destined for something beyond, something else. But for the life of the caterpillar, it became really unpleasant. I can't stand it anymore, the caterpillar said. Oh, I can't even walk anymore, crawl, whatever they do. <laughs> and, and there's something very wrong. And then the caterpillar becomes interested in this, those last moments of imminent transformation, becomes interested in spirituality. And, uh, <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm more than a caterpillar. And then suddenly the transformation happens and something opens up and this incredible thing comes out, this beautiful butterfly. But this analogy is not to be taken literally. It's an inner realization so that your identity suddenly shifts. You're no longer identified with a dream character, although the dream continues for a while, but you are rooted in a deeper dimension, which we could call the, the I am, the being of you, the human being. Remember what I said, the human is the, the person. The being is the transcendent consciousness that then awakens in the person. So the universe, one could say, this is a, has been engaged in this dream and still is, but its destiny is to awaken 
And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end of the world. Eventually th that comes too, but we don't need to go there. In the same way that you can awaken in a conventional dream, as you, the universe awakens in you, the consciousness of the universe awakens in you, then you, you can continue in your dream, but no longer totally attached to the dream and whatever happens in the dream. It, the dream no longer determines your identity. That's the liberation. You continue, the dream continues. It may even continue beyond the death, so-called, of this physical form, because underneath the physical form, you are still there as a thought entity and an emotional entity that is invisible, that is not physical. The thoughts within you are not actually physical. Nobody can find them in the realm of physicality. No scientist would be able to detect any of your memories, for example. <laughs> the greatest surgeon could open your brain looking for you but wouldn't find nothing that makes you you would this surgeon be able to find, including the memory of your grandmother that's been living there and hundreds of thousands of other memories that where do they live? Do they even live in the brain or is, do they live in the cloud? <laughs> and then you, the brain downloads them when they're needed. That's amazing. <laughs> so this entity may well, especially if you've been very much identified with the, the dream character, then the physical form dissolves, but the psychological form, this mental-emotional conditioning, still has a form, and this form is still there. It hasn't realized anything beyond the dream. It hasn't gone deep enough beyond the conditioned consciousness that makes up the dream character. And then there would be this entity, according to many ancient teachings, and if you look deeply enough within yourself, you can kind of sense that that is the case. The entity seeks another physical body because it needs more drama. I haven't had enough yet. I want more sensory experience. There's a thirst. There's a Buddhist term for it. There's a thirst for sensory experience on every level. And so you get involved in another, another dream happens. Now there are some people, there may be quite a few here, and if you ask, would you like to reincarnate again after, would you want to go through another one, another lifetime? Some people might say, yes, because I don't want to disappear. Well, and others might say, no way. <laughs> I can't go through this again. Just imagine another childhood. <laughs> oh. And so some, I definitely don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. 
but is that really, do you really not want to come back? Because the next day after making that statement, the phone rings and somebody says there's a problematic situation with your stock investments and you get very, very upset. But yesterday, the day before you said, I'm done with this world, it doesn't attract me anymore. I don't want, I don't need it anymore. I'm done with it. And then the next thing happens the next day and the, the world draws you in completely. You're not done at all. You get very upset about the slightest situations. So it means you want to continue the drama. You're still at attached, attached, attached. So if you awaken in this lifetime, as you are, then the dream continues, of course. This particular dream, as long as the physical body is here, it continues. And then there's a consciousness there. The consciousness has awakened in you, through you. And that means the compulsion to reincarnate will not be there. You know that. How do you know whether the compulsion to reincarnate will not be there in you after the physical form dissolves? You can know that by self-observation in this lifetime, while you're still here. Is there in you the compulsion still to identify with every thought that arises? Now, that means you reincarnate. Reincarnate means to take a new form into your identity, reincarnates into each form that arises. This is a compulsion to identify with rising forms, thought forms and emotional forms. So the Buddhists strive towards the end of this cycle of compulsive reincarnation. And some say, I think I may need another at least 25 lifetimes, and then I'll awaken then. Okay, it's, you've got plenty of time then. Perhaps not realizing that the reincarnation happens every moment in your life. Because what is reincarnation? Consciousness identified with form. So you are born into, every time you are completely identified with the arising thoughts and emotions, your consciousness is asleep and is born into these forms, thought forms. That's the compulsion to reincarnate. So if you're not free of complete identification with thought forms, then there's a guarantee <laughs> after you, your body dissolves that the compulsion to reincarnate will still be there and you have to go through it again. Another problematic lifetime of drama and suffering. So the answer, of course, to the end of reincarnation, the, the compulsion to reincarnate is, must be here now. You cannot file the end to this compulsion at some future point. You're, by observing yourself, whether, are you attached to every thought form that arises, every emotion that arises? Or is there an aware space in which they arise? And you are that, that's the awakening. And then this, according to Buddhist teachings and others, 
as this physical form dissolves, the compulsion to reincarnate is no longer there. So you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> oh. But it could be that, so the story goes, out of compassion for humans, you do reincarnate. You voluntarily accept the sacrifice and you incarnate in order to bring more consciousness to humans, to, to free them from the dream state, from suffering. Not that you do it, but you bring, you're a bringer of consciousness, and so you sacrifice yourself. And that would be, I believe the Buddhists have the term bodhisattva, is the term for those who voluntarily reincarnate to help others. And then there are others in Buddhism who are arahats who say, no, I've had enough. They are free, but they disappear into other dimensions. Uh, they don't want to reincarnate as humans. They are a bit more, they said, I can't, no, not again, I can't do it. <laughs> don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm done with that, I'm done. <laughs> So that's the, the awakening within the dream. Then your life continues, but the attachment lessens more and more. The attachment, not just attachment to thoughts and emotions, they're still there, it's fine. Identification with thoughts and emotions, but also attachment to all the things that arise, life situations and so on. There is a spaciousness that um, makes your life easier. You relate to things in a more spacious way without the grasping that you don't need really any form in order to make your sense of identity more complete because you're no longer looking for a more complete sense of identity on that level, on the level of form. And then the world of form becomes a more benign and quite often quite enjoyable place because you don't need to hold on to particular forms, whatever they may be, situations, possessions, achievements, people, you don't need to hang on and incorporate them into your sense of identity. That's me. You identify with the possessions, you identify with the whatever it may be, and it's never enough. And things very quickly, you identify with something and suddenly it leaves you, and that leaves, brings more suffering. But primarily, what you always identify with, yes, you could say, let's say you identify with a possession, it means you have more than most other people, then, then, then it works. Uh, so depending where you live, if you live in a very wealthy place, then you need more to, to give you a heightened sense of identity. Let's say you have a, okay, now you drive your Lamborghini, um, what, let's see what they're called, uh, Lamborghini, Ferrari, Ferrari, testosterone, no, testarossa. Testarossa, <laughs> uh, testarossa, it's called. Uh, 
it's a very powerful Italian car. So, so you identify with that, or you have a private jet, even better. Uh, or it could be um, you have a beautiful body, better looking than most, and then you can easily identify with that's me. And you live, you live with an image of in your mind, and you call it, that's me, and it's projected outward. But whatever you ultimately everything becomes a thought form, because even the Lamborghini, or the private jet, or whatever situations you identify with, like social recognition, or whatever it is, maybe you get every time you you tweet something, you get thousands of likes, and that gives you an enhanced sense of me. You have thousands of Facebook friends. I have thousands. Nobody knows you, but they all. <laughs> and everybody likes you. You get the, these likes. And, <laughs> but whatever you identify with, you experience them as thought forms. So in ultimate terms, you're not really identified with a car because the car, you experience the car as a thought form, my car. You don't really know, that's another philosophical question. <laughs> what is actually out what I experience as the external world? To what extent does this correspond to the way in which yeah, I perceive what's out there? Is there a thing in itself, we lots of us ask beyond our interpretation of our perception. So perhaps I'm dreaming up the whole thing. Perhaps I'm, there, is no, there is no Lamborghini. Maybe I'm dreaming it. It doesn't make any difference. Even if there is a Lamborghini, it becomes a thought form. And ultimately, you don't identify with a possession or anything. They are all experienced in your mind as thought forms. So the ultimate identification is always thought. <laughs> And then thought is imbued with a sense of self, and that is the delusion. When you're seeking for yourself in and through thought. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.